with 10,000 watts of total power on WKKX and WVLY. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Yes, it's a good day for singing a song and it's a good day for moving along. Yes, it's a good day. How could anything be wrong? A good day from morning to night. Well, good, good morning, Grand Valley. Welcome to a good day. How are you? How are you? How are you? How are you? 7.09 in the morning on a Monday. We kick off a brand new week of programming here. I was looking, Bob, for me at least, this is the last full week I have for an entire month, basically. Next week is a short week, holiday week. Monday we're off. Then, uh... I'm on vacation for nine days, so I'll be off part of the second week and all the next week. So I've got, I got like, after we get done this week, I've got almost a whole month off. Where not, not off, but a, uh, this will be my last full week. I'm kind of excited. I, you should be. I looked at the calendar myself over the weekend and, and thought the same thing. I thought, you know, summer's winding down, and look at this. You know, we got some time off coming up. Coming up, absolutely. Uh, it's going to be a nice day today, lots of sunshine. A few clouds mixed in, but no big deal. Dry and sunny, high around 80 today. Tomorrow, pretty much the same. Maybe a little less sunshine, but still mostly sunny. Um, highs will be around 80 for tomorrow as well. And on Wednesday, another sun-filled day for the middle of the week. Temperatures will be in the mid 70s seventies. We'll kind of be in the seventies then late all throughout the week all week. We'll talk more about that with the Adam fight coming up a bit later on. You know, last week, uh, well, I guess last couple of weeks, we keep talking about every day there's another form of bad weather hitting somewhere. You know, Canada's on fire. Washington state has wildfires. Maui was burning down. Last week, the hurricane in California was a, a, a record breaker. Uh, more rain fell on one day than ever had fallen before. I think when we left on Friday, there was a tropical storm coming up through Texas. And uh, today, down in Florida, the entire state is under a state of emergency as they get ready for tropical storm Idalia. I think that's the name, Idalia, which would be hitting land probably on Wednesday. And it could be as high as a, a Cat 3 hurricane at that point. And as I look here at the TV, Howard, which you cannot see, uh, CBS News is talking about wild wildfires. You want to take a guess where these ones are? Oh, uh, Nebraska. I don't know. <laughs> Louisiana. Louisiana. So, so uh, you might want to make note of that. Uh, Get a big map of the United States. See what's not on Get fire. one of those Sharpies, you know, and circle, you know, wildfires, uh, Washington State, wildfires, Louisiana, wildfires, Canada. Uh, tropical Storm Florida, Tropical Storm Texas, Hurricane California. Uh, Alaska is about the only—I shouldn't even say it out loud, should I? That's the only thing I think that's uh, left without any major weather problems. Well, maybe we'll get lucky and the winds will help us out and that tropical storm will shift west and put out the wildfires there in Louisiana, Howard. Maybe you know, we that can... could all be the, That could be the big plan. The plan is I'll create all this trouble and then I'll find a way to fix it. We'll put every, it out. No problem. Every... And, and give you a little rain for your drought. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, even here, as we talked about the, the wicked weather this summer, even here we had two confirmed tornadoes here in the Ohio Valley this year, um, and several severe storms. So it's, uh, <laughs> but adding Florida, and now Louisiana, so there was like a little tiny part of the Midwest that was left alone, right? Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get the wildfires going there. You know, Bob, and I know you are a guy who believes in a lot of conspiracies, okay? But there are conspiracy theories floating around about the Maui fire that really and truly are just 
you wonder where do these things come from. Now, I'll say a couple of these actually make some sense. I don't believe them, but I, mean, they're, they're, I get where they're coming from. The cause has not yet been determined. They haven't yet said what exactly the, the cause is. Uh, it, it may well have been some mistakes made by the power company. There are a couple of things they're looking at, but no yet cause determined, which then opens it up for all the conspiracy theories to, to pop in, right? And uh, here are just a couple of them that I came across over the weekend. Conspiracy theorists claim the fires were planned as part of a strategic effort to weed out the poor. That it was all planned to make the poor leave Maui and then uh, the rich could have more development there. Now, I don't believe that, although I get where that premise is coming from. We had talked about it before that, you know, there are developers coming in trying to buy a property cheap. Um, but these are the, then that, so that's understandable. I don't believe it, but it's understandable. Why don't you believe it? Because I don't believe that I don't I, I I believe developers are coming in and trying to take advantage of it. I don't believe that they started the fire. Anything to, to do with the fire? They're just taking advantage of the fire. I, I believe they I believe they could, and that's why this one is semi believable. I don't think they started the fires, but I believe the developers are going to try and take advantage of it. Now, in fact, the uh, attorney general in Hawaii is now talking about setting up some kind of a, a new new policy that they can't come in and buy out property for X period of time. So, so But I get where that's coming from. Now we have some of the YouTube videos. In one YouTube video, a user claims a friend sent him a video of a laser beam coming out of the sky. Targeting Maui. Laser beams came out of the sky. It was a direct, I quote him, this was a direct energy assault. Don't know from whom. Somewhere up there, somebody sent a direct energy beam. Now, you, you're a conspiracy. Surely that doesn't work for you. No, you're losing me with the laser. No, but okay. I, I'm not convinced the fire wasn't uh, set with uh, intentions, Howard, but I don't know. I, I guess we'll probably never know, but no, I do not believe the laser. Now, let's take that one step further. The laser beam theory. Okay. The laser beams were programmed. I, I don't know why. The laser beams were programmed not to hit anything blue because apparently if you looked at pictures there were blue umbrellas on the beach that were left alone so laser beams came out of the sky to start the fire but they were programmed not to hit anything blue now if laser beams came out of the sky what would be the what would be the rationale between not hitting anything blue i mean sometimes these are just as i think as crazy as you could be i i know this have people been burned out before that uh, found themselves on very valuable land, but they didn't want to give it up? They wanted to stay there forever. H has this type of thing happened before? Absolutely. Put that with the uh, slow response, the no warnings. Where did it happen? Why did they let it go on? But, you know, I, I could see why people maybe think, okay, maybe it wasn't such an accident. You know, sometimes there are just accidents in life. Maybe I'm not sure accident is quite the right word, but. Sometimes things just happen. I would say other phrases, but can't say them on the radio. But, you know, sometimes things just happen. Howard, uh, when we go, you and I go back to the WVLY studio in Windsor Manor. They yep. were dedicating the, st the statue to Walter Ruther, yes. Ohio County's own yes. Walter Ruther. Yes, yes. And we had his family members uh, in the studio with us. Yes. And they were talking about Walter Ruther's demise. Uh, Walter Ruther died in an airplane crash. And, of course, I had to ask the question, and I know you were cringing a little bit, and I asked them, did they suspect any foul play? And they did. Now, I don't know, but it was it was, it was it a conspiracy kind of like what we're seeing in Russia now? No, but there was a lot of people on that airplane, and Walter Ruther's family 
believed that that airplane went down intentionally. Well, and it may have. I I, I don't know. Um, I don't even remember that. Honestly, I don't remember that. You don't remember that. You don't because no. I had no idea who Walter Ruther was. Well, I, I looked you. at you and I said, <laughs> "Who the hell was Walter Ruther?" I don't. I don't. True. I don't. I don't remember that. But hey, look, whenever something is not absolutely nailed down firm, people are going to think something bad. And certainly, when I, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying it's it's it is. Um, and Walter Ruther was a controversial guy. So, I mean, you know, I'm just not as willing to go down that conspiracy road as you are. And I firmly believe there were no laser beams that stayed away from the blue, blue umbrellas. I just, I just, I just don't believe that. Uh, 717 here on the Watchdog. But yeah, you know, y'all are entitled to your own beliefs, like, like Bob is. Do the uh, more recent lunar landings change any of your opinion about the uh, man on the moon? I didn't see the pictures yet. You have pictures? There was are there, pictures. The um, Was there a man in that landing? No, it wasn't a man. It was India. India, But it was. they were on the moon, though. Okay. Did yeah. they show any evidence of anything that we we believe that happened in, back in the 60s? Did oh, we, no. Is there anything, any pictures, Howard? What, no. Anything left behind? Oh, no. No, nothing yet? No. Okay, well, I'll be a little skeptical until I see those pictures, Howard. <laughs> All right. 718 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Got a lot of things I want to get into today. The under-construction streetscape project is seen as the key to a new downtown Wheeling. It's going to revitalize, and I believe this. I am firmly of this belief that when the streetscape is done, oh, Lord, please let it be done. It's going to be a couple more years. When it is done, it's going to be the beginning of a renaissance for downtown Wheeling. But what will that renaissance be? What will the reimagined downtown Wheeling be like? I don't think anybody knows. I don't think even council was really given a whole lot of thought to that post-streetscape. But I thought we might later on this morning. So I want you to text us or call us with your thoughts on when the streetscape is done and now downtown Wheeling begins to revitalize, to reimagine, what do you reimagine downtown Wheeling as being? i got a couple of thoughts. I think Bob might have some thoughts. And you share your thoughts with us on the Frio Stack Auction Service text line, 304-214-1600, or uh, the Frio Stack Auction Service phone line, 304-232-8255. Governor Justice still behind in filing his Senate campaign finance reports. Now the question is... Are they just so complicated he can't get them done? Or is he dragging his feet because he doesn't want us to see all the details of his business? I don't have an answer to that question, but we will uh, talk about it. Weekend death of Bob Barker, a longtime game show host, leaves a Wheeling native now as the oldest living game show host in the country. Who were the greatest game show hosts of all time? We'll talk about that, and we'll get your takes on that. Plus, of course, Slider on Sports, Ohio Valley Headlines with Taylor Long, Adam Fightcast, The Forecast. That's all coming up here on the Watchdog Morning Show. 7.20. Now, when we come back, a sad headline uh, in the morning intel today, the passing of a major community leader and uh, newspaper icon for the Ohio Valley. We'll talk about that next on the Watchdog Morning Show. Hey there, Dave Weekly here. Metro News Hotline presents what's trending in sports, music, movies, tech, television, and more from a Mountain State point of view. Renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from West Virginia high school sports to the financial markets. Join the fun. Every day, Coop and I dip into irreverent discussions with calls, texts, tweets, the question of the day, and the always popular in or out. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 to 6. 
6 on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Are you or your loved ones facing a serious legal battle? The law office of Paul Harris wants you to know you aren't alone. Do you need someone that's not afraid to go to trial and fight for your rights? Attorney Paul Harris and his team are willing to go where most firms are not. The courtroom, with a successful track record in civil litigation, criminal defense, including tax issues and health care fraud, Harris Law Office will fight for their clients by offering the most aggressive representation in and out of court. Call Paul Harris at Harris Law Office for a free consultation, 304-232-5300. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Live and local, every weekday, with 10,000 watts of total power on WKKX and WVLY. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. little town wherever your little town may be here around the upper ohio valley whether you're blaine or blair whether you're shady side st clairsville whether you are neffs or powhatan point whether you are moundsville glendale benwood whether you're weirton or wheeling welcome to your little town in our little gathering here the watchdog morning show 59 degrees wheeling ohio county airport 59 at the highlands 59 in my backyard in elm grove and 57 here at the robinson auto group studios downtown wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Saddened and quite frankly stunned to pick up the morning intel today and see this headline uh, front page of the newspaper. Bob, longtime publisher Ogden Nutting, dead at the age of 87. Um, Ogden Nutting was uh, a major community leader here. Uh, he was one of these guys, I'm not sure how I want to describe it. He was involved in, obviously, best known for publisher and general manager of the Wheeling newspapers. And it's a family business and has been for a long time, and Ogden was kind of the guy at the top there. But um, involved in so many other things, reading through the uh, the piece in the morning intel today, 2013, he was inducted into the Wheeling Hall of Fame. Um, he served for more than 40 years on the Wheeling Park Commission. He was a member of the Ogilvy Foundation. The United Way of the Upper Ohio Valley named him recipient of the Building a Better Community Award. Uh, he was a directly involved in, I'm not even going to read all of these, multiple boards, the Salvation Army, the uh, Stone Foundation, Wheeling Hospital, Wheeling Symphony, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Governor Bob Wise, back in 2005, presented him the Distinguished West Virginian Award. Um, so he was, and he was, I know, again, I don't know how to describe him. Powerful man because of the nature of his business. A relatively quiet guy, Bob. You know, if you ever met him, he wasn't really, you know, out, above, like McCabe is just outgoing and a boy. He's a newspaper man who's very vocal and very outgoing. But uh, Ogden Nutting didn't seem to be that way. Um, very quiet. 
uh, my last conversation with him, and believe me, it's not like I had a lot of conversations with him, but um, he and I had a pleasant talk at the uh, mayor's State of the City speech, and we talked about the State of the City speech and talked about the mayor and, and so on. Um, dead at the age of 87, 60 years in the newspaper business. And while I know a lot of folks have a lot of complaints about what, how the newspaper is run, and I certainly have some criticism as well, the fact that Ogden Nutting was running a newspaper, and of course he has a far-flung empire of newspapers. That's why McCabe sometimes is out newspapered in Utah or Virginia or other places. Uh, but I think the fact that this was his hometown and his hometown newspaper kept a couple things alive. I know that we make fun of the fact that we get the Saturday paper, they get the Sunday paper on Saturday, and we don't get a Sunday paper. We make fun of all of those kind of things. Uh, those are business decisions. But there still is, in Wheeling, there still are two newspapers, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, Intel News Register. It is certainly true that we do not have a whole lot of difference between the two. Back in the day when I first started out as a reporter, Bob, you had a full team of reporters from the Intel and a full team of reporters from the News Register, and they would compete with each other to get stories. Now it's all one big group, and now it's pretty much the same. But the fact that you have a morning paper and an evening paper, I think is probably due to the fact that this is Ogden Nutting's hometown and that this is where the newspaper business is based and that he wants his hometown to have those two papers. So um, he was I, I just found him to be a, a very interesting character. Strange guy, you know, in the sense that one of the richest men in West Virginia. At one point, I believe he was the richest man in West Virginia. At least that was the story that went around. I would say uh, the, the the word that, that hits me first off is, is unusual. I think unusual in, in a good way. Again, yeah. when you're the publisher of, of just not the, the Wheeling paper, m many newspapers uh, – throughout the the country not just the, the state or the Almost east, east coast yes yes great great word so okay that's a very very powerful man we've all heard uh you know legend of the wealth of the nuttings uh, uh we, we, we know that you know that and then when you when you really take take a look at all the boards that this man was on and all the power that he really had and then you look at him and you would say man you Look, if, if, if I had any kind of money like that, you would know it, Howard. You would know it by the way I walked down the street. But You'd have better shoes is what you're telling oh, me. Oh, right? man, with Ogden Nutting, I mean, you just he never played it up. He no. just never played up his power or his wealth. And, uh, you know, it's a very sad day. Uh, I, I knew the Nuttings were, you know, getting up there in age, so it, uh, it, it's a very sad day. It, it is, and, and unusual you used, I used eccentric. Ogden Nutting was a, yeah, was an eccentric kind of guy. Um Again, certainly always believed that he was among the richest in the state. And I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. Not, maybe not the, but among the. I guess it doesn't have uh, JJ's money before the fall. <laughs> well, I think I'm, I'm almost positive before they chopped it up and they got into the baseball business, he was. He was the yeah. top guy uh -huh. in, the, you know, because that money was that, <laughs> in that's his, always his what bank I heard. account. That's yes. always what I heard. I mean, I can't verify that. I have no idea. But I, I that's always what I heard. Nonetheless, he's not – Ogden Nutting and the Nutting family were not particularly flashy with their money. Now, they did a lot of things for the community. Uh, and some things bear their names, like the Nutting Art Gallery up at West Liberty University. Uh, of course, the uh, uh, I forget what they call the race, but it's the you know the the, the Ogden family race, uh, the weekend, and so on. 
but there's a lot of stuff that he did that really didn't get a lot of attention. He was a philanthropist in the old-fashioned sense of the word in that he had money and he used his money for philanthropic causes here in town. You don't see a lot of building. It's not Robert Byrd, you know what I'm saying? You don't see Bird or uh, Ogden Highway. You don't see you know the Ogden building other than their own buildings and so on. Um, but he gave a, a lot of money. Very philanthropic guy. Um, and anybody who saw Ogden Nutting and you would know. I remember telling my oldest son Jason when Jason was the age Teddy is now. Jason was probably eight or nine, and we were standing in line at Walmart behind Ogden Nutting. And I said to Jason, I said, Jason, I, that's, that's one of the richest men in West Virginia. And he said, well, Dad, why doesn't he dress any better? <laughs> because Ogden Nutting really didn't, uh, didn't present like a wealthy man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like you said, Bob. I know exactly what you're saying. You know, I would have a lot better clothes. <laughs> but I, it, he, I, and you know what? That's a real sense. That, that's, that's a sign of a sense of power and wealth. You don't have to care how you... <laughs> You dress, you know. Well, I remember Howard when the casino opened up over at uh, at, at the casino at, at on the island, and uh, we were just getting started. It was early in the mo- afternoon, and uh, we were standing there getting ready to open up. And I see this group of people come in, and I, it might have been uh, who was the governor at the time? Was it Mansion? I, I I can't remember, but Ogden Nutting was was with him, and he was he was watching, he was looking, trying to to, to see exactly what was going on, and and of course people are going, who's that? Who's that? And uh, they had no idea who Ogden Nutting was and they were like you said what <laughs> really yes that's him right there randy whirls who worked with him a good bit randy of course at one time the head of ogilvy park and the ogilvy foundation i think randy still might be with the ogilvy foundation um he said every place and every person in wheeling have been touched by ogden nutting whether they know it or not which is probably true um and uh, randy whirls also said ogden was one of the smartest men i've ever known uh, again smart mind and if you had a conversation with him and again i want to say there i don't want to pretend that we ever were friends or but i have had a handful of conversations with him including the most recent one at the state of the city speech and he may have seemed eccentric and may have seemed like an old man but he you know what the things we talked about he was pretty sharp he was pretty sharp ogden nutting or not ogden nutting randy worlds called him one of the smartest men i have ever known Don Smith, president of the West Virginia Press Association, called Nutting the last. This is probably true too, the last of the great publishers in the history of newspapers in West Virginia. Um, the Charleston Mail would have probably been a run in the running for that as well, but the uh, longtime owners of that sold out a number of years ago. In fact, the Ogden Company had put in a bid for it. Remember that, um, and then. Uh, the folks from the Herald Dispatch, I think it is, the Huntington, I forget the name of their company, but they ended up getting the, the uh, Charleston paper. Um, those may be two of the last old-time newspaper publisher families around. And um, and now it's just, now it was just Ogden. That's from Don Smith, the uh, uh, the president of the uh, Washington Press Association. I certainly think it's, it's, uh, it's a good point. Now the question you have to wonder... Well, well, this, you know, I mean, Ogden was the guy at the top, but obviously a lot of other people were involved in the daily creation of the newspaper and really the overall visioning of the newspaper below, below, below Ogden. So does his death mean any kind of changes for the newspapers here in town? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, if our good friend John McCabe, uh, who is currently one of the chief bigwigs over there, uh, wants to give us a call, we can talk to John about this or... We'll talk to him about it on Friday, hopefully on our Friday roundtable. 
Um, I, I just, I, I've been thinking about this. I just saw this story at six o'clock this morning, so you understand. I haven't had a lot of time to, to digest it. Um, but I, 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 I don't know what kind of changes there could be coming to the newspaper, if any, uh, because while Ogden Nutting was the guy at the top and the, the family owned the paper and he's the guy that had continued the family vision and so on, plenty of other people are, are directly involved in, including other members of the family. So I, I don't know what, uh, what, if anything, is likely to happen there. But I do want to say, first of all, especially to Snooky, his wife, um, they were a real pair. You often see them together. And um, to her particularly and to all the family and to all the employees over there and to, uh, and to the community, family and friends of Ogden Nutting, condolences and prayers um, as the longtime publisher of the newspaper here in town, newspapers, Ogden Nutting died this weekend at the age of 87. And I, I went over this, skipped over this, just said died Friday. I assume natural causes. I don't know whether it's a heart attack or it doesn't say what, but died at the age of 87. Died on Friday. So there you go. There you go. And maybe we'll hear from McCabe. I don't know. If we do, I'd love to get John's reflection. He worked pretty closely with uh, with Ogden. Has to know him very well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'd love to hear his take on on it. Would he concur that he was an eccentric? <laughs> you know, I don't see how you could, could not use that. I use that in a loving way. I don't use that in a in a in a cruel way. He was just he was very unusual kind of guy. Totally different. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't see too many guys like that. Uh, that's for sure. All right, 7.34, till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. We've got uh, Jim Justice, baby dog, to talk about. We've got sports coming up in the next half hour. Gene's giving us a call this morning, don't forget. Mean Gene Martin's Ferry promised another story. I forget what he told. What's today's story going to be about? I don't think he set it up too much. I think you were kind of like in the dark a little bit. Okay, well, we're always in the dark. It's going to be a good one, though. When we talk to Gene, we're always in the dark. Uh, Bob Barker also died over the weekend. Will lead us to some conversation about the greatest game show hosts of all time. And uh, what's your vision for downtown Wheeling when the streetscape is done? We're in the midst of a transformative period. What would Wheeling be like in your mind? When everything is done, the streetscape is completed, the parking garage is up, all the orange cones are gone, and Wheeling begins to recreate itself. What do you think Wheeling will be like? What do you want it to be like? Text us or call us. We can talk about that. It's 7.35, 25 to the hour, Watchdog Morning Show. Time to check in with Taylor Long over at WTRF for Ohio Valley Headlines. Good Monday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News Headlines on this August the 28th. Residents in one local city may notice disruption to their water service. The city of St. Clairsville will complete a long-awaited switch to newly installed permanent water lines under I-70. Officials say the city will shut down the water treatment plant at approximately 6 p.m. tonight to allow the temporary lines to be disconnected and the permanent lines to be hooked up. Two 12-inch water valves in front of the water treatment plant will also be replaced. The expected completion date is 8 a.m. tomorrow. Once the service has been restored, there will be a 48-hour boil order in effect. And some new details this morning. An electrical issue is believed to be the cause of a fire Saturday at the Samus Power Plant in Stratton. No one was injured as a result of the blaze. Officials believe the cause of the fire was due to a blown breaker. Multiple emergency crews on both sides of the river responded to the fire. Stay with 7 News for the very latest. 
In the city of St. Clairsville is already gearing up for sleigh bells and stockings as they prepare for the annual parade with the help of their sponsor, WVU Medicine. The season will be in full swing by the time the floats get rolling, which will be in early December rather than before Thanksgiving, as in previous years. WVU Medicine will be involved with Wheeling's festivities as well, since they want to show the cities in their backyard that they're connected with more than just their health. You can watch the parade live on WTRF the afternoon of December 3rd. And the memory of lost loved ones live in our minds forever, but not all of us put their memories towards helping others in life. But that's the mission of two who formed Angel Addicts after losing several relatives to addiction in the past few years. Their annual dinner at Steubenville's Life Event Center this weekend gave 100% of their profits to treatment centers. The two also sell jewelry and keychains for their recovery process. That was a look at your headlines. Have a marvelous Monday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. How much could a cyber attack cost your business? The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from $120,000 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. Could your organization survive a cyber incident? If you are unsure if you are doing enough to protect your data, reputation, and dollars from cyber criminals, contact the team at Omni Strategic Technologies today. Omni has the right tools and support to help keep your business protected. Call 304-242-7600 and schedule your free consultation today or visit omniperforms.com. Omni Strategic Technologies, the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the watchdog trusts. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's healthcare demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care, close to home. Developing new and exclusive services, recruiting top surgeons, featuring the highest level of orthopedic surgery, improving healing, rehab time, and outcomes. Offering innovative heart care through our WVU Heart and Vascular Institute. Establishing outstanding urology services with a highly experienced urologist and staff. Providing comprehensive, world-class women's health services. And equipping the WVU Cancer Institute at Wheeling Hospital with cutting-edge science for the highest standard of care. We embody the mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care at the right place at the right time. Information, interviews, debates, and discussion, plus an occasional rant with Bob Slider behind the board. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Some people see through the eyes of the old before they ever get a look at the young. I'm only willing to hear you cry because I am an innocent man. It is uh, 7.39, 21 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Coming up, I want to get to the story about Governor Justice 
uh, behind in filing his Senate campaign finance reports. They may be too complicated. That's what his uh, team is saying, and that's very possible. But I just wonder if he's trying to, you know, if he doesn't want people to know how much money he's got or doesn't have. I, I don't know. We'll talk about that coming up a little bit later on this morning. Uh, and who were the greatest game show hosts of all time? We'll get into that. Uh, spinning off of the death of uh, Bob Barker. Uh, deaths this weekend included Ogden Nutting, the uh, longtime owner, publisher, general manager of the uh, Wheeling newspapers. Uh, died at the age of 87 on Friday. We just spent some time talking about that. Uh, text line 304-214-1600, the Frio Stack auction service text line. Mr. Monroe, Ogden Nutting was an amazing man, a giant in his field, a respected conservative leader. May his memory be eternal. I'm not sure, but I think that was from Abe. It's not signed from Abe, but I think that was from Abe. Well, thanks. Uh, good morning, Abe. And I thats i would concur with that. I don't always concur with Abe, but I think I would i would concur with that. Uh, Ogden Hunting, an amazing man in a giant in his field. No question about it. All right, let's head over to uh, the Big 7, WTRF-TV. Adam Fike is with us, our morning meteorologist. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Howard. How are you? I'm good. How was your weekend? It was, it was a pretty nice weekend. Just did a lot of relaxing Abby decided that we were going to make a new blanket, so got to spend, what was that? Friday night, we stayed up till midnight making a blanket, so I slept 12 straight hours Saturday. I went oh, to bed wow. at midnight woke up at noon on Saturday, so oh, I slept half my weekend away. <laughs> First of all, let me let me ask about the phrase you just used, we made a blanket. What, what I mean, were you there knitting and purling, or what? So, what we did was, it was one of those tie blankets, so you get two to three yards of fabric and you cut little tassels and you tie them, tie them together to make blankets. Oh, okay. Very warm, very comfy blanket. Honestly, I did a lot of the work, not to brag, but. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I got to say that's not, uh, that's not an, an um, activity that I've ever engaged in the making of a blanket. Although my wife does a lot of that. Um, like she's making a blanket. Uh, she, I, I think she's knitting it. I guess I don't even know. Knitting, is that the right word, Bob? Do they knit blankets? Man, I don't know. I, th what? I think she's knitting a blanket. She's got a couple of needles in her hand, and they're not pointed at me. That's all I know. Crochet. Yeah, crochet. Uh, maybe that's weave? it. Weave? I thought maybe you would weave. Weave? I don't know. I don't know. So I'll go back to Adam. <laughs> she's making a blanket. So all right. So that's cool. So you're a blanket maker, Adam. I would not have guessed that. It was the first one I made, and I think it turned out pretty well. It hasn't fallen apart yet. <laughs> Keyword is yet. You are a man of many talents, that's for sure. I, I that's that's a good deal. Weather was pretty nice this weekend, but I'm looking at the, not just today's forecast, which is pleasant, but kind of looking into the next seven days. It looks like fall is beginning to creep upon us. Not necessarily taking over, but starting to creep upon us, right? I was. Who was I talking to? I don't remember. I was telling someone yesterday. It was like. We're seeing fall and summer, but we're going to see summer end. We're going to see summer begin fall. But I'm right. just going to focus on this week because it is near perfect, other than maybe a stray shower south of I-70 today, tomorrow. Really, next seven days are the sunshine and comfortable conditions. But as the temperatures I'm looking at, we're going to be, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, around 80 for the next couple of days, just right around 80. And then later in the week and going into next week, we start to, we start to drop a bit to the 70s, right? Yep, so today, tomorrow, where I would call it that 80 range. So 78 to 82, both today, tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, we drop into the mid-70s. Unfortunately, we will start to warm back up into the weekend. So Friday, you can see Fridays, 
right where we should be that 80 range again Saturday and Sunday, though, into next week. We'll likely see those temperatures getting back into the 80s. Now, the bad news, though, is we're focused on this week, but just an outlook. There is a good chance that we'll see above average temperatures to begin September. So that means likely multiple days in the mid to upper 80s next week and the following week. Well, we're not, and I'm, I would not suggest that we're out of summer or done with summer by any stretch. But, but looking at it like the seven days, you can just sort of see fall creeping in a little bit. You know, I mean, only a handful of weeks ago we were pushing 90, even into the 90s, and then into the 80s. Now we're saying around 80 and maybe the 70s. Not every day, but you can see fall beginning to creep its way in. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I would gladly take the 70s. I mean, even look at the overnight temperatures. Like Wednesday night into Thursday, most of us will be in the low 50s. Spot or two might hit the 40s. I'll gladly take slowly creeping in rather than just blazing 90s every day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And there is still plenty of summer left. Let's see. The official end of summer is the 22nd of September, something like that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, officially, but then you can throw it like, oh, well, Labor Day starts fall. Or right. if you want to be Zach Tyler and I, oh, meteorological fall starts on September 1st, yeah. which, what is that? Thursday, Friday. Yeah, that's a good point. So September 1st is meteorological fall. September 4th, which is Labor Day, is kind of the unofficial end of summer, what I always call the 100 days of summer go from Memorial Day to Labor Day, and that it ends there. So that's the unofficial end of summer. And I suppose the pools will close when William Park Pool closes. To me, that's an unofficial end of summer. But then we still have until the 22nd before the uh, the solstice catches up with uh with going into the fall season. Um, and I suspect, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, I suspect we're still going to have some significant summer weather uh, over the next several weeks, right? Oh, yeah, I know for sure. Right now, Climate Prediction Center, September 4th through September 11th, they're expecting above-average temperatures. So this means likely we'll see days in the mid-dot for 80s, multiple days over the next two, three weeks, unfortunately. Now, I know that it's way too far out for any kind of firm idea, but uh, a week from today, next Monday, is, is Labor Day. People might be planning picnics and stuff. You said temperatures might be up, but what about rain chances? Any thoughts on that too early to make any kind of prediction? Now, once again, climate predictions. I'm using climate predictions under this morning because, I'll be honest, I'm terrible at long-range forecasting. Okay. And you, you very well know that by now, but <laughs> Climate Prediction Center is anticipating that we see below average precip basically now through September 11th. Okay. So it seems like there's our best chance would be for no rain Monday. Okay. I can't rule that out just yet, but I would bet on upper 80s and sunny. Okay, sounds good. We really have done this, but let's run or do a real quick run-through of the forecast. Today is going to be nice, sunny, and uh, around 80. I think tomorrow is pretty much the same. Walk me through the rest of the week. Okay, so today, tomorrow, pretty much copy and paste. Mainly sunny, few clubs, might see stray shower. Pretty much just for wet zone Tyler County, so I expect 99% of us to stay dry. Wednesday, though, we take that dip into those fall-like temperatures. Still mostly sunny, but Thursday, though, we'll really clear out. So we keep those fall-like temperatures in the mid-70s, clear skies through Saturday. The longer we keep those clear skies, slowly we start to warm up. So Friday, right around 80 degrees. Saturday, will be in the low 80s, still clear skies. And then come Sunday, mainly clear weather temperatures back into the mid-80s before we could see more sunshine 
and possibly the upper 80s for Memorial Memorial Day. Labor Day next Monday. <laughs> it's a day of some kind. It's a holiday of some kind. It's a holiday. There we go. All right. Appreciate it, Adam. Thanks very much. Have a great day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Talk to you then. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Adam Fike from the Big 7, WTRF-TV, our morning meteorologist. I don't know that I would have predicted him to be a blanket maker. Blanket weaver. Wow. How long has she been here? Abby's been here, what, a couple months? <laughs> She's got to make him blankets. <laughs> My wife's a blanket maker. She again, she's making one right now, but um, uh, and she loves to make them for the family and stuff. But, uh, but she, I've never once in my life even taken a, an, an attempt. Have you ever tried to knit or yarn or weave or anything? No, I I go to the store and buy those type of things. Right, That's I got a couple <laughs> blankets at home. I haven't. I love not bl- made any of them, but yeah, bought yeah them. I love blankets. Right, I mean nothing better. You need than, a blanket. You yeah, need a couple blankets. Yeah, warm yourself up with a blanket. And, yeah, but um, now Nancy does. Nancy, I do not. Uh, She's not yet. I don't want to phrase this so I don't get in trouble. No, don't want to say drag me in. She's not yet encouraged me to be helpful to her on uh, in terms of uh, blanket making. <laughs> Does until the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, we'll check on uh, sports coming up in a minute. Bob Slider's got that. A couple other things I want to get into. Lots of territory yet to cover this morning here on the Monday edition of the Watchdog Morning Show. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective Save 11%. A Menards unbeatable selection of Atlas roofing products. Castlebrook, Briarwood, and Pinnacle shingles feature a limited lifetime warranty. Up to 130 mile per hour wind warranty and a super wide design for fast installation. Protect your home for years to come and save 11%. And all Atlas shingles right now at Menards. Good through September 4th. Savings are a mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money. Most of us are faced with uncertainty every day. Your job, your finances, sporting events, schooling for your children, and so much more. With so much uncertainty surrounding you, there is one auto dealership that you can be certain about, and that's Doan Ford. You can be certain that you always get a great deal and the best service afterwards. Being in business for over 50 years has given Doan Ford the reputation of being a strong, reliable dealership. Be certain. Choose Doan Ford. Online at DoanFord.com. I'm not buying till I check Doan Ford. Teachers' desks are clean, chalk is fresh, and the blackboard is ready. It's back to school time, and we're ready with you on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Frio Stack Auction Service Text Line. Howard, you being helpful to Nancy is when you leave the house and leave her alone. 
Jeez. I was thinking that too, Howard, but I didn't, I didn't want to bring that up. That is probably her relaxation time. She it is. She doesn't want you helping her. It, it is. You know, I slept in uh, late on Saturday. I, I was up. I worked until like 4 o'clock in the morning um, overnight on Saturday night, uh, Friday night into Saturday. So I slept late on Saturday morning. And I got up, and the house was quiet. You know, normally in the morning, Nancy's running around. She's picking up things, cleaning things, doing the garbage, doing dishes, you know, whatever. Um, and I got up, and I walked in the living room. I went, where is she? Did she? Well, maybe she went to the store, I'm thinking to myself. And I walked in. No, she's just sitting there calmly reading the newspaper. It's like, what I, is this what she does when I'm not around? When, I, when I'm around, she's, got to do this, got to do this. She's busy. When I'm showing up, when I'm not around, she just, like, calmly sits back and relaxes. So maybe the texture is right. Maybe I should give her more time alone so she could relax. What do you think? Well, we haven't been going out to lunch like we used to, Howard. That's you, true. you have been going right home after work, yeah, so maybe yeah. maybe that is a warning sign. Yeah, this, I, she's the, our, her time alone has been cut back by a couple of hours since we haven't done lunch for a while. Eight before the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. What we have done, what you have done every day, and you're doing again right now, is... Slider on sports. Cody Bellinger had three hits, knocked in five runs Sunday afternoon, leading the Chicago Cubs to a 10-1 win over the Pittsburgh Pirates at PNC Park. Jamer Candelario, I think I got it right, Jamer Candelario hit his 19th homer and drove in three runs for Chicago. Bailey Falter, remember him, Howard? Bailey Falter, Falter who often does, dropped to one and eight. <laughs> he gave up seven hits, six runs, and four and two-third innings for Pittsburgh. The Pirates begin an interleague series with the Royals in Kansas City tonight, first pitch, 8-10 Eastern time. The Cubs now trail the first-place Milwaukee Brewers by four games in the National League Central Division. The Pirates are two games ahead of the St. Louis Cardinals, staying out of last place. In the two National- games ahead of anything is good for them. <laughs> well, we'll see. we still got another month Plenty of time for them to fall all the way down to the basement. Absolutely. Yeah. So they're staying, uh, trying hard to stay out of last place in the National League You know League what? Maybe Division. in honor of the fact that Ogden Nutting passed away, and he's not directly involved in the Pirates, maybe we should just not be so snotty about the Pirates for a a period of mourning. That's the facts, Howard. I didn't know I was being <laughs> snotty. Okay, well, well yes. No, I was being snotty. No, oh, no, I no, you, no, no, I was the you one. You were. Yeah, okay. I were. Uh, well, I don't know if this is uh, snotty or not, but uh, bad news for the, for the Pirates. Uh, their, their number one pick, Paul Skeens. Remember him? They had the number one pick, and everybody went yeah, crazy. Excited. Oh, Can't boy. miss. Yeah, yeah. Well, he had his uh, double-A uh, ball debut in Altoona, Pennsylvania over the weekend. How do you do? How do you he do? didn't do so well, Howard. The hard-throwing right-hander gave up four earned runs, three hits, two walks. He didn't make it out of the first inning. That hey. is really, really, really uh, kind of frightening there to think about it. He threw 25 pitches, did not make it out of the first inning. The Pittsburgh Steelers have traded offensive lineman Kevin Dotson to the Los Angeles Rams. The two teams swap picks. The Steelers acquire the Rams 20-24 first fourth round pick in the Rams 2025 fifth round pick the Rams received the Steelers 2024 fifth round and the 2025th sixth round they kind of flop picks around a little bit they get Dodson the Steelers improved with their draft picks Dodson started all 17 games for the Steelers last season at left guard and Howard not a joke here but got to bring it up Couple of lady baseball fans attending the Chicago White Sox game. Did you see this? Did you say lay or lady? Ladies. Lady. A couple okay, of ladies. Couple of lady baseball fans. Baseball okay. fans. They're attending the Chicago White Sox game. Yeah. Friday night. And guess yeah. what happens? 
Um, they had a good time. They had a, well, until they got shot, Howard. Excuse things, me? Things were going pretty good until they... No, they got shot. You mean like... Actually shot. Not life-threatening, but definitely shot. The Chicago police uh, think the shots came from outside the ballpark, but they're not sure, and they are still investigating. Anyone with information is encouraged to call 312-747-8380 if you know anything about that. And uh, a real reminder that I'm proud of here, Good Old Boys on Sports returned this Saturday, September 2nd. And uh, from 8 to 9 here on the Watchdog Network, we return and we're back and we're happy to be back this Saturday from 8 to 9. Good old boys on sports. Baron Bob here on the Watchdog Network. Slider on Sports Time, 7.56. Final puzzle piece in place for our full fall sports uh, weekend for you with uh, Bear and Bob, a couple of good old boys on sports coming back. Uh, I'll open in the morning with uh, the high school football scoreboard, and then we have uh, the Ohio News Magazine, Chris Lawrence, uh, Bob and Bear, Bear and Bob, and then, uh, of course, uh, the, the, the sports Paul Harris, Saturday Sports Huddle with and your I believe, host, Dr. Angelo Georges. I believe this weekend is the opening of WVU football, too. They do. Uh, Later on that evening, uh, West Virginia at Penn State. I'm, I'm almost positive it's an evening game, yes. So we have that as well. Um, not, I mean, our, our two teams, uh, John Marshall and Central, both did not come out on the winning end of things over the weekend. But nonetheless, some good games, right? They were real good games. In fact, the Central led early, really early in their game against uh, James Monroe. But you got to remember, James Monroe, they were uh, – uh, uh, runners-up last yeah. year on the island. Uh, Williamstown beat them in the championship game, but they had a lot of uh, key players come back for them. So I think Central gave them all they won. you got to remember, Central's a really, really young team. Uh, I think, and everybody says this, but it's true in this case, you know, that loss on opening night uh, at Wheeling University just might be the best thing that that young team uh, can, can ask for, Howard. Motivation. Showed them that they're not there yet. Yeah. They can get there. They will get there, but it's going to take some time. And I think by the end of the season, you'll see two different uh, Wheeling Central teams. And the Monarchs went down to University High in Morgantown, and again, another just powerhouse team. Tough way to start the season. You know, get on a bus, you drive over an hour to University, and uh, yeah, again, run into a very, very good team. Now, do we know how good? No, it's, it's the first, first week of the season. But uh, keep an eye on University. And again, John Marshall, same thing. Very, very good coach. I don't think they're as young as team as Wheeling Central is, but we'll see. And again, not the start you wanted, but we'll look, and uh, they'll, they'll be a lot better as the season goes on. And we will have them for you here on the Watchdog Radio Network. Uh, Central Every Game will be heard on AM 1600, FM 98.1, WKKX, and uh, John Marshall on uh, FM 97.7 and AM 1370, WVOY. Check it out. Of course, don't forget to check all of them out on TuneIn Radio or at watchdognetwork.com. So catch all of the games. And, of course, um, again, this weekend, we'll start things off on Friday with... Uh, this week down in Moundsville, Howard. Uh, for John be in Moundsville. Good Yeah, deal. for John Marshall's opener. Uh, what's the name of that way? Uh, Walmart. Oh, yeah, Walmart, Walmart Drive. Walmart yes. Drive. Yeah. It will be right there. Uh, Friday, the, the uh, Pine Room boys will be there broadcasting from 12 to 3, kicking off John uh, Marshall's opener. All right, that should be kind of fun. So you can stop by, you know, getting ready for the game, even if you want to. At noon to 3, they'll be there, and then that'll be fun. The Pine Room guys. Uh, anchoring out our uh, uh, Friday afternoons beginning at noon every Friday during football season and, of course, the walkthrough as well. I know we're five days away, but we're going to keep it in your mind. Don't forget, it's all coming up. Coming up next hour, well, I guess we're going to hear from Gene. Is that correct? 
We got him scheduled in for a little after 8. Gene has a Monday morning story for us. Yikes. Um, I want to talk about game show hosts and the future of downtown Wheeling. All coming up on the Watchdog Morning Show.